Carolina, and this recording is from one of our church services. For more information, visit our website at churchofphiladelphia.com. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the message. We're going to go over to the book of Revelation, landing on chapter number four, landing a perfect 10 on verse number eight, and we're going to go eight through 11, amen? And if you can indulge me, but honor our most holy king, if you could stand for the reading of God's word, and here begins the reading of God's word, Revelation chapter number four, verse number eight through verse number 11. And the word of God reads, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him. And they were full of eyes within, and they rest not day and night, saying, Holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was and is and is to come. And when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, the four and twenty-four elders fall down before him that sat on the throne, and they worship him that liveth forever and ever, and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, for uh, thou hast created all things. And for thy pleasure, they are and were created. You can be seated in the presence of our living God. Amen. And this morning, we're talking about still in our current sermon series, as this we come to the close of it. This is the last installment of we've been talking about having access being granted to us. Amen. And as we're talking about having access granted today, we're talking about having access to the spirit. Amen. We're talking about having access to the spirit, access to the spirit. And we understand, you know, if you've read within the book of Revelation, we understand at the end, we as believers, we win according to the word of God, right? And so we understand Revelation revealed truth. Uh, uh, it is a book uh, of prophecy written by the apostle uh, John, right? The disciple, the, the beloved disciple, right? And as we talk about having this access to the spirit and we begin to talk about the apostle John, we know he was sent to the Isle of Patmos, right? And this is here on the Isle of Patmos. You would think that so when you are secluded from everybody else, when you have been forced to be alone from everybody else, caused to be separated from everybody else, you know, because when God created us, God in all of his infinite wisdom knew and understood that we needed to be in constant relationship with people, right? Uh, even to the point where you go and look at uh, uh, Adam, when he created Adam, right? And it talks about it's, it's not good for man to be alone. Now, we understand God was very much present, so Adam was not alone, but it was not good for him to be alone long in the sense that he needed someone of his own kind right that he can be able to have relationship with be able to commune with uh be able to you know uh toss around ideas we hear and receive information as he he's communicating with the other person of his own type of kind right so we know he was never alone but god understood he needed someone of his own kind right but here we have the apostle john who's been sent to the isle of patmos right as punishment right he's here well, he doesn't have anyone else of his own kind. It is just God and God alone. But you would think, you know, this would drive him mad or drive, cause him to become crazy, lose.
lose his mind and you, you, you become a madman and just slobbing all out of his mouth and things of that nature right there but but what we find out is here that he's allowed access into the realm of the spirit where he's taken up and he begins to see into the heavenlies. He begins to see into the spirit realm. He begins to see into the third heaven, sees the actual throne of God. And this is what this particular chapter is talking about. It's giving us reference to the throne of God and what's taking place in the vicinity of the throne of God in the heavens. Amen. And so what I like about this, you know, in, in many times if I've studied this, it has never dawned on me to go and look at what does Patmos actually mean. So today, the spirit of the living God pressed upon me, go find out what it means, right? And so for him being sent to the Isle of Patmos, right, Patmos is simply defined as my killing. Yes, in the Greek, it means my killing. So understand, even when he was sent to the Isle of Patmos, it was still working together for his good. Because how many know, even though we just had a resurrection Sunday on last week, and we talk about how Jesus died, it's still for most of us, we have yet to come to the place where we have been crucified with Christ and, and have also had the resurrection with Christ, meaning we have got up with Christ. You got to understand. So my point is, most of us, your flesh is still alive and well is still kicking, but thank God for the Isle of Patmos. Uh, it is going to be the place of your killing, right? We understand that it was at the place of Golgotha was the place of Jesus is dying, but the Isle of Patmos has got to become your place of killing, right? It's because when Jesus died at Golgotha, he was able to allow his spirit to be committed back into the hands of the Father, right? And see, in order for you to move and operate in the realm of the spirit, you have got to die to yourself. You have got to die to your flesh. And that is the most difficult thing for most of us. It is not that the enemy, Satan, and all of his demons and imps are your greatest enemy. No, I'm suggesting to you that you are your greatest enemy. And you know what I found out? It's, it's, it's you become the obstacle for God getting to your heart. But when you can get past you, you give God access to get to you. You hear what I say? When you can get past you. You give God access to get to you. God is still trying to get to you, the broken individual. And you know that you're broken, but you see your brokenness uh, in a negative context. But the Bible lets us know he's drawn to those that have a broken spirit and that of a contrite heart. So your broken state that you're in is good in the eyes of God. But still, you can't get past you, which is allowing God to be held back. Because you got to understand, if God were to force himself upon you, push aside your free will, or, or, or push aside your free choice and know your free will or your free choice separate and apart from the spirit of God and the word of God that's the most powerful thing that God has given you so if God were to override your free will or free choice it goes direct against the creative process he created all of us with free choice he created all of us with free will right this is why God doesn't force himself upon us but rather he will want us to choose him for ourselves right because this is the power of free choice and free will and notice he's created this in all of his created beings right and so this is the thing this is why he does not impose or forces himself upon us because he wants us to choose him for ourselves and so um, dare I say it again when you can get past you uh, uh, it allows God to now have access to you meaning when you can make up your mind make that choice utilize that power that God has given you to push you to the side die to yourself and choose God it gives God the right for action access to come and begin to move in your heart and change you and begin to fashion and mold you. One thing that I often pray now is God shape me according to your word, God. Not, not according to my desires, but shape me according to your word, God. 
that that you've spoken about me, that 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 you've spoken concerning your divine will, your divine purpose for my life. God, shape me according to your word, God. Your word according to the 66 books of the Bible. God, shape me according to your word, God. Because uh, you know, there, there was an image that I see or a way that I see myself, but 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 notice when I when I when I begin to look at, at, at view myself in a particular manner, right? It, it, it has a little bit of pride sprinkled in there, you know. Uh, there is that thing where you want some other people to be a little envious and jealous because of the status you now acquire or the wealth that you now have accumulated and all of these different things. But I understand that is the selfishness of my flesh and it comes a point where this flesh has to die. And so the spirit man in the heart, because my heart desires to please God, I begin to say, God, shape me according to your word. God, shape me according to that that you've spoken, God, what you desire to be done according to your divine will and purpose. That's how I want you to shape me, God. In other words, God, I've got to die to my flesh. And if I'm being completely honest now, Listen, I saw how he allowed Jesus to die. And the Bible lets me know, matter of fact, it says it, it pleased him that they bruised him, right? And, 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 and we're talking about the bruising, meaning everything that he endured throughout the whole of what we call the crucifixion. You know, the, the bruising when he was in the garden of Gethsemane and all of these different things that transpired leading up to the actually being nailed to the cross. This was the bruising, right? Having his disciples not be able to stay and watch with him for my hour that was bruising to the Christ and knowing that he was there for them for these three and a half years and you can't give me an hour uh, that was bruising to him uh, to have sweat become like drops of blood he prayed so intently and so intensely in such a manner that that was bruising to him and, and we understand remember I told y'all a couple of years ago uh, I'm gonna throw a title of my book out there make sure it's recorded because if you mess with it listen I, listen I am that one I will come right back and mess with you but I talked to y'all about three gardens two deaths and one Lord, right? The first death was when we found that he died to himself in the garden of Gethsemane, right? And the second death was when he actually died to his physical nature upon the cross, right? In this first dying of himself, he was dying to his own will, right? No, I got to push my own thought process and push what I would think to do or want to do or desire to do. I got to die to that because it's not my will, but the will of the Father that must be accomplished. That's why he said, nevertheless, let thy will be be done, God. It's not that he didn't have other faults or, or, or was designed another way for this thing to be accomplished. We know he did because he prayed that prayer three times, but the Father in all of his infinite wisdom chose not to respond because he understood you know what the will is. You know why you were sent to do it. This is going to give me the opportunity to reconcile the people back unto myself. So uh, we can't alter this. There is only one way. You got to be bruised and you got to die, right? And so we see the second that was when he he was actually nailed to the cross and he gave up the ghost, right? So what am I saying? He's dying to himself so the will of the Father can be accomplished, pushing aside what he would desire for the sake of the will of the Father being accomplished, right? And there are times that you and I, you know, because whether it is we want to sound spiritual, sound deep, whatever the case may be, sound like we are very intelligent when we pray, there are times that you and I, you know, if you're like me, we have prayed, Father, let that mind that was in Christ Jesus be he also in me, right? 
Amen. But to have the mind of Christ is to die to yourself. Uh, I wish somebody would go ahead and help me. To have the mind of Christ is to be obedient unto death. Uh, to have the mind of Christ is to desire what the Father desires, even if it will cause you yourself pain. That is the mind of Christ, to, to be obedient at every step of my life. That is the mind of Christ, right? Uh, to be afflicted, even though I have not afflicted nobody else. That is the mind of Christ, to become sin, not just take it upon, but to become sin, knowing that as I become sin, I must be separated from my Father for a significant amount of time because his holy nature demands that. Not only that, he deals with me because I've now become sin, but I now must be separated from the glory of who he is, right? So you're talking about the mind of Christ. This is what happens when you say, I want the mind of Christ, right? The mind of Christ is saying, I am submitted completely. The mind of Christ is saying, I am yielded completely, meaning, God, I don't just give you this physical body, God, but I give you the spiritual body, God. I give you the soulless body, God. My will, it belongs to you, God. In other words, God, I don't have a will. Your will becomes my will, God. This is the mind of Christ. That doesn't mean I don't have my own thoughts or desires, but I understand his will. It is more important than my will, so I submit my will to the will of the Father. This is what we're talking about when we say, Father, let the mind of Christ dwell on the inside of me, right? And so for most of us, it's not Golgotha, our place of dying. It is going to be Patmos, right? It is going to be that time in your life where you feel forsaken by God, where you feel left alone. I'm talking about you can be in the midst of your family, uh, be right next to your spouse, and they still don't understand you. They can't, they can't fix their mind on the things that you're dealing with and understand the things that you're trying to express. And they, and they try the best. They try the best that they can to console you uh, the best that they can and try to understand and try to be empathetic towards you, you know, put themselves in the same in your shoes, everything that you're dealing with. Uh, but we understand with no success that uh, they're able to really comprehend what it is that, or the place that you're in at that particular time, right? You really don't really have the words to express. You, you know people are around you. You know people care for you. You know people are, are close to you, but somehow you still feel as if I am alone. You still feel as if I'm misunderstood. I don't have nobody to talk to. When I talk to folk, it's as if uh, the words that I'm speaking just go over the head like an airplane. And, and, I, and I'm not even talking that deep and I'm not being that spiritual. I'm being as plain as I possibly can trying to help you understand what it is that I'm dealing with. Well, I'm suggesting to you, maybe it could be you've been called or been sent to the Isle of Patmos. This is the place of your dying because Patmos, we said, it is the finest my killing. Uh, you got to understand John, uh, he was having to die to himself in order to have access into the spirit realm, right? And if you're going to move and operate in the realm of the spirit in the manner which God desires for you, uh, move and operate in such a level of authority and a level of anointing, it is going to require that you die to yourself. Uh, you've got to die to yourself, right? all those different thoughts that we would have about the will of God, about the mission, about partnering with God, about yielding and submitting to God, about obedience 
really obeying God, right? Being obedient unto death. All of this has to change. All of these emotions that we have developed, right? On the inside of our heart, based upon things that we've thought about in connection to the will of God or the word of God, we've got to get rid of these emotions because some of these things is, 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 is pushing down in our will, causing us to begin to respond, to react in a manner that is contrary to the word of God. Now, that doesn't mean you out here just wilding out like you used to when you were just completely insane. But for some of us, it's the subtle things that we do, right? Uh, uh, we talk about we love folk, and you understand. You look at them side-eyed and things of that nature right there, and, and you're having crazy thoughts about them, even though you didn't speak it, but you thought it. And unto God, a thought is nothing more than a spoken word. So God heard it. So God is hearing what you're thinking. In other words, you're having a conversation within yourself, but rest assured, God hears the conversation that you're having within yourself about somebody that you're portraying to love, right? And you got to understand that's not godly. So this is why some of us are at this moment dealing with the Isle of Patmos because you're having to die to yourself and know you're going to have to come up loving for real. When you get resurrected, know there has to be a real love. You got to love folk for real. You got to love them in all of their ugliness. You got to love them in all of their, their, their indifference. You got to love them with all of their pride. You got to love them with all of their stubbornness. Why? Because remember the scripture tells us you love him because he first loved you. Oh, I wish somebody helped me. Come on and go ahead and mimic the, 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 the attributes of God and, and begin to love on people because they're struggling to love themselves. You think they don't recognize these character traits about themselves are ungodly and they're ugly, but they're having a hard time dying to them. This is all they've known. This is what they've been seeing. This is what they've been taught. And they're having a hard time dying to themselves. They're do you know somebody and can you really? Yes, I'm going to go ahead and answer so for you can relate because it took you a while to die to certain things in your life. And that's why you have to be sent to the Isle of Patmos because now uh, it's not good enough for you to die to some things. But no, you got to you got to die to everything. You got to die to everything. And see, uh, thank God for the grace. Uh, while he allowed you to die to some things, he allowed you to move and operate. You know, even with still there was an anointing upon your life and you still moved and operate in a level of authority, but now comes the time where you got to die completely to yourself. Oh, go ahead and tell somebody, die completely to yourself. Die completely to yourself. Uh, the Isle of Patmos, oh, it is by divine purpose. This is not by coincidence that you feel alone and that you feel misunderstood and that you feel like nobody understands you right now. This is by divine purpose. God is saying, listen, no, you've got to come to me, come to me, come to me, come to me. So we find ourselves here, right? And as we're in the Revelation chapter number four, right? And, and, and I'm using verse eight simply for context, right? It says, and the four beasts had each of them six wings about him, and they were full of eyes within, and the rest not, and they rest not day and night, saying, holy, 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 Lord God almighty, which was and is to come, right? And so we see what the four beasts are doing while they're in the presence of God. The scripture lets us know they rest not day and night, right? Uh, they're, they're, they're speaking certain words, calling God. He's holy. He's holy. He's holy. Lord God, which almighty, which was and is and is to come, speaking to the nature of who he is, right? And, 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 and we say worship. Worship is simply telling God who he is. So day and night, Right. What I begin to look at this, I found out that that again, 
although angelic beings in the form of beasts per se, we still understand, right? A third of the angels, when they left heaven, they chose, they made a decision, meaning they had free will, free choice uh, to choose to walk away from God and follow Satan, right? So what am I saying? When I look at the four beasts, right, they have free will not to worship day and night. They have free will to worship, you understand, 22 hours of the day, right? But, but, but understand, even with having a will or even having a choice or having an opinion, right, my opinion is only what God says about himself, right? I can have an opinion about God or who I believe God to be to me, but, but, but they, they, they abide in a safe place and say, you know what, I'm going to call God who he calls himself. He, he, he declares himself to be holy, right? And although I have an opinion and although I have a will and although I have free choice, uh, I'm going to submit my will. I'm going to submit my free choice to what he declares about himself. And day and night, I'm going to choose to call him holy, right? Uh, even if I made up my mind to go and do or say something else, I'm so submitted to his will that I can't say nothing else day and night other than he's holy. He's holy. He He's holy, Lord God Almighty, which was, is, and is to come. Even though he has given me free will, a powerful sense that I can use to say what I want to say, but because I'm so submitted and because I'm so yielded and because I'm so committed and because I'm so dedicated and because I'm so loyal and because I'm so in awe of him, you know what? I have governed myself to say what he says about himself. His opinion of what he thinks and, and how he views and what he says about himself, I have adopted this to become my own opinion. I appreciate this about the four beasts, right? Knowing that they had their own will, but they have chosen to embrace the will of God. I will speak what you speak about yourself. <laughs> and you got to understand, this is something God has taught me when he taught me to become a true worshiper, right? Uh, we say worship is telling God who he is. And God say, why not just tell me or why not just say what I say about myself? <laughs> and see, you won't, you won't have to worry about it being any false worship. You won't have to worry about you know, throwing up no strange and smoke, no strange fire onto me. Just call me what I call myself. And, and, and you know what? I've been studying some of the names of God now for almost two years, right? And getting ready to go through these names of God again because what God was trying to impart, what God was trying to reveal, I'm going to go ahead and be completely honest. I have not gotten it all, right? There were some names I would not even... My understanding would not have even seen that this could be talking about God, the Father, or God, the Son, or God, the Holy Spirit. But yet, now as I'm looking at these names, there is more revelation that is coming to me, meaning there is more understanding that is coming to me. How vast and how awesome, how holy, how worthy this God truly is. When I look at all the different names that suggest or speaks to the character or the nature of who this God is, right? He is truly an awesome God. So I'm, I'm appreciative how these beasts that have their own will, their own mindset, their own freedom of choice, choose 
to embrace the will of God, the opinion of God, and declare what God says about himself, right? So for context, right? Now we move down into verse nine. It says, when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne who liveth forever and ever, right? When those beasts are giving glory and honor to God as they're uh, 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 speaking and declaring that he is holy, 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 Lord God mighty, which was, is, and is to come, right? This is what's known as they're giving glory and honor and thanks unto God, right? Glory is simply defined as this right here, right? When we talk about glory, it says it refers to the particular and absolute perfection of all the divine attributes of God, right? It refers to the particular and absolute perfection of who he is and all the divine attributes known to be what we know as God, right? So uh, his nature, his characteristics, his manner his attributes, who he is, all these things that describe uh, what we know to be God, right? This is what glory is speaking to. Not only that, glory is also defined as the, the magnificence, the excellence, the preeminence, dignity, and grace of an individual, right? This, this holy individual, this is what we're talking about when we're talking about glory, right? And we're also talking about, simply put, it is our view and our opinion of this awesome God, right? This God that is full of splendor. This God that is full of majesty. This God that is full of power. This God that is holy, separate from all things that are impure. This God that is altogether righteous. This God that is worthy. This God that is the most high God. This God that's seated upon the throne has all honor, all glory, all power, dominion. It belongs to him forever and ever, right? This is the God that we're saying. He given the glory by these four beasts, right? So it says, and when those beasts give glory, right? When, when they give glory, they're, they're, they're bestowing this upon God. Uh, this is something that they're giving or bringing to God as if to say they're laying this at his feet. When they come and say, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty who was, is, and is to come. It's as if they're taking their glory or their praise or their worshiping and laying it at the king of glory or at the king of kings or the king eternal's feet. They're bringing their worship and bestowing it upon him, right? So it says, listen, when those beasts give glory and honor and thanks to him that sat on the throne, who liveth forever and ever, right? So we understand this is a God. That's why he's called the everlasting, right? There is no end to God. There is no beginning to God. He's, he's just the everlasting. He's just going to last forever. He was just always be. That's why he is the I am. You know what I mean? Uh, the God that was, is, and is to come. Uh, I am denoting present, but listen, God is yet present in what we know to be history or past, uh, and he's still present in what we know to be the present while being present all at the same time, what we consider to be the future that ha has not arrived unto us yet. He's still just present in all of that. He just exists in all of that. And he will continue to exist in all of that. That's why he's the everlasting God, right? So who would not give God glory and honor, right? 
So now they, they give glory, but they also give God honor, right? And when we talk about honor, honor is simply talking about the value and how, because remember glory, one of the definitions for glory, their view or their opinion, right? So now when you talk about they're giving God the glory, right? This is their view and this is their opinion of how they value God. So based upon the honor that we're going to give to God, it is based upon how we view him and our view of him. How will we value our view of this particular God? God, right? And we understand the view of God, it is the highest view. And so also honors also define the value which belongs or is shown to someone by reason of rank and state of office which he holds. If there is an office to be held by God, simply put, we say, uh, when you think about those in the natural realm that we call or know to be kings, uh, uh, they're they, they, they rulers of a certain domain, right? But we know if there is to be an office held by God, we know scripture declares that he is the king of kings, right? So, so when you're thinking about that, right, the rank that he has, there is no one that compares to God. There is no one that has the wisdom that he has. There is no one that has the power or the might that God possesses, right? So, so if you look at the rank or the office per se, which he holds, there is none that compares to this God. This is why when you think about the four beasts having their own will, having their own choice, choose to honor or choose to worship him because they understand the value that is been placed upon God, right? Uh, there is none that compares to him. Even when they look around heaven, right, and they see all of the other hosts of heaven, there are none that compares to him. you got to understand he's in a category all by himself by being God. There are gods with a little g, but then there is God. There is Yahweh. There is Jehovah. There is Yeshua. you got to understand there is the Christ, the Messiah, the anointed one. There is none that compares to him, right? That's why the Bible says there is none beside you. The noting beside meaning there is none that can be considered your equal. Because to be beside the notes, be moving and operating on the same level or the same plane, there is none beside him. There is no one that is equal to this God. So when we talk about John, the Lord has given him access, as we said, in the realm of the spirit, even to see in the third heavens where the throne of God itself is in the third heaven. And in order to do this, John, the apostle John had to die to himself. And, and a part of him dying to himself, uh, the Isle of Patmos was used you know, as an instrument or tool to help bring about him dying to himself in order to see what had to be seen in order to come out of the realm of the spirit in order to produce or write uh, the book of Revelation, right? And there is such a revelation that God wants to give us, but I can't give it until you die to yourself. Uh, what I want you to see, I can't allow you to see. That's why we're seeing only the small things or the glimpses that we see, right? And this is my thing. I understand the scripture to say we we prophesy or we know in part but think about this here john saw in such a manner that he was able to write the whole of the book of revelation right so there becomes a moment where god will show you something where you can come out of what you saw you can bring a wholeness to something speak a wholeness to what, uh, what it is that you saw be able to declare or bring a definition or meaning to what it is that god showed you in the sense that it is whole it is complete right everything that you see or 
everything that you know, it don't necessarily have to be in part. If you allow yourself to die to yourself in such a way that God can speak it to you, where a whole can actually be produced out of what you see. So simply put, even if he were to see what he saw in the sense of it being a part, God still anointed him in such a way because he died to himself that when he came back to himself, he was able to produce a whole book called Revelation is all I'm saying. What God shows you to be a part when you come down into the natural realm, it could be made manifest into an entire whole. That's all I'm trying to say. Uh, oh, God can give you little and understand that little can be much when you know what to do with it. And John understood what to do with what he saw. Let me come and produce a whole book. Matter of fact, this book of prophecy, this book that's telling us what the end is going to be. Y'all know the old folks say, listen, you go, you got to keep on running on, right? So you can see what the end is going to be, right? And notice, even in that particular song, if you keep on running, right, uh, 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 even if you notice in the natural, if we run a certain distance or run at a certain pace, right, it brings about fatigue to us. We get tired, right? Uh, uh, causing us just to be, just you just want to fall out. Symbolic or figuratively speaking, right, the more you run or the more energy you exert, right, you become tired till you can't fight, right? So some of y'all need to run hard. You need to run real, real hard, right? so that you can die to yourself in order to see what God is trying to show you, right? Run to your death is all I'm saying. Uh, you know, it, it, listen, I, 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 I don't know why, but I, I've been just uh, uh, kind of binge watching in my little hour a day that I have to watch some TV while I'm, I'm trying to just sit and wait on my children to come out of school. Sometimes uh, I'm trying to just watch a little TV because I haven't been able to watch a little TV. And I find myself watching a Viking show, right? Uh, and you know, they, they got all these different beliefs like like they speak of Valhalla uh in essence Valhalla to them is what we believe to be heaven and all of these different things and their gods are you know these pagan gods like God of Thor and Isis and all of these different gods right but what I can appreciate about them, uh, one thing that was honorable to them, right? If if me as a warrior, me as a soldier, if I didn't die in battle, then I did not die an honorable death, right? And what I can appreciate, uh, they didn't have the fear. Some of these soldiers was running to their death. Oh, you got to understand. And what I can't find in the body of Christ, because he tells us, listen, you are soldiers now in the army of the Lord. And as soldiers in the army of the Lord, like, we can't find these soldiers who are running to the front line. We can't find nobody who's running to die for the sake of the kingdom. And, and I'm not talking about a literal devil, albeit if that be the will of God, then God let your will be done. What I'm saying is this right here, die and running to die to yourself that God can use you in the manner that he has chosen to use you according to his divine will and purpose. Why can't we find soldiers who are running to die to themselves so that the glory of God can be revealed here in the earth from, oh, I wish some of y'all would embrace that mindset, that thought process where, listen, it is about the will of the Father. It is about the purpose of God being fulfilled here in the earth. I'm going to run and die to myself, God. Uh, in other words, God, thank you for sending me to the Isle of Patmos. God, thank you for separating me. Now, God, I can truly make sense of, you know, what's going on in my head, God. Now I can deal with, I have no choice but to deal. It's not, see, see, this is what you got to understand. It's not the outside 
God confusion that's 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 causes most of us to be stagnant. No, 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 no. It's that inward noise. And some of you, you don't have that peace or that silence on the inside. And so now you got to understand now that you've been sent to the Isle of Patmos, you have an opportunity to silence all of the noise that's on the inside. Everything that's telling you not to submit, everything that's telling you not to yield, everything that's telling you why you have reason to rebel in this moment, in that moment, everything that's telling you it's okay to be a little fearful when he said, I have not given you the spirit of fear. You got to understand that you ought to be thankful that you have the opportunity to dwell in the Isle of Patmos in this particular moment because he's allowing you to silence all the noise on the inside. That noise that's causing you to halt your movement or halt your forward progress and the will of God, the things of God. You know, you know the things that rise up and talk to you. Uh, you know when your flesh talks to you. You know when your emotions talk to you. You know when the opinions you have, they talk to you. You know when your desires, they talk to you. You know when your will talks to you. You know when the stubbornness that you deal with talks to you. You know when the pride that you deal with talks to you. You know when the fear that you deal with talks to you and the unbelief that you deal with talks to you and the rebellion that you deal with talks to you and the secrecy that you deal with talks to you and the lust of the eyes and the lust of the flesh that you do. You know when they talk to you how these things will cause you to become feel guilty, feel shame, feel condemned and all, causing your progress to be halted. But thank God, I see, I wish I had somebody who was unbothered. I wish I had somebody who was unashamed. It don't care what you look like. If people see you raising your hand saying, God, thank you for the moment of Isle of Patmos, God. Yeah, it, it's going to be good for me, God, because I'm killing myself, God. I'm dying to myself, God. You got to understand when we look at Christ, he told them, you don't think I can call for a host of angels to pull me off of the cross? In reality, he didn't have to call for a host of angels. If he spoke to the fact that he wanted to come off of the cross, if he spoke to the fact that when they came and betrayed him in the garden, if he spoke and said he wanted the opposite to happen, it would have happened. But he understood the will of the Father must be accomplished, right? So in essence, what I'm trying to get you to understand, right, I he had the power to die to himself, right? He was more concerned about the will and the purpose of God being fulfilled rather than, you know, me calling myself down or me not having to experience what I'm experiencing. And see, for most of you, we're fearful of the encounter or fearful of the experience. Thereby, we hope the progress. We hope what God wants to do on the inside because we have already thought what the experience or the outcome is going to be based upon the experience you know you've been called to deal with based upon certain people you've been called to deal with, you have already interpreted what the outcome is going to be and because of your misinterpretation, your misinformation, you are halting the progress of God. I wish I had some help, but that's why you have this moment that God is allowing you to deal with the Isle of Patmos. He said, I'm going to give you the opportunity to kill yourself because you got to understand if God were to kill you, there is no opportunity opportunity for resurrection. You got to understand that when God puts the graveyard dead, unless he chooses to resurrect it himself, uh, uh, don't think you're getting up, baby, because there is no getting up. Uh, but he's giving you the opportunity to die to yourself, right, for the purpose, uh, for the will of God that he can say, come on, get up by my spirit, get up by my spirit, rise up by my spirit, stand up by my spirit, come forth. Uh, you got to understand he's giving you the opportunity to 
die to yourself. And most of you, you are afraid to go ahead and take you out. Oh, my God, my God. You love you too much. You still stuck on you. I heard Elder MK talk about how you so stuck on you at one time. See, you still too stuck on you, right? So to the point that you can't kill you, right? Uh, you understand what I'm saying? You are going to look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself why you can't die and why you shouldn't die. And, and you convince yourself why you have got to live and keep on living, right? In reality, all you're doing is lying to yourself, right? Why you so puffed up with you and stuck up on you, right? Uh, there are people that are dying because uh, they have not received the word that God wants to put in your mouth to release to them. You got to understand there are people still bound, right? Because God wants to release the power that is in your hand. People who are still bound with sickness and disease because you are not in a position to allow God to release the healing that is in your hands or, or release the word of power and authority that is in your mouth after commanding the enemy to loosen and to command the enemy to set them free and to break these chains and shackles off of people. Why? Because you're too stuck on you. Listen, when you're in the Isle of Patmos, uh, it's, 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 it's either I'm going to yield all the way in this dying process uh, or I'm going to lose my mind. Hmm. See, some of y'all don't want to talk about that. You know what it is to feel alone and be alone and be by yourself. Uh, you know the torment of being by yourself. Uh, some of y'all right now, 30 plus two, still got to sleep with a nightlight because you're still afraid of the dark. Uh, y'all not going to help me right there. But I'm going to go ahead and help myself because I thank God for the Holy Ghost, right? He's trying to give us access to the spirit, right? And you got to understand, even with all of that being said, he's trying to give you the opportunity so that you can kill yourself to be used as an instrument, used as a vessel by God. When those beasts give glory and honor, all of this is taking place in the spirit that, that John has access to because he died to himself. When those beasts give glory and honor and thanks, we're bestowing our worship in the sense of glory, God. Uh, uh, we're, we're, we're giving you our opinion, our view of you when we talk about the glory of God, but we're also speaking to the value what we placed upon you, God. Nothing and no one compares in the sense of when we're talking about honor. But after we give you glory and after we honor you, God, we didn't say thanks. We didn't give you praise. Because thank you for being holy. Thank you for being God almighty. Thank you for being the God that was, is, and is to come, God. Thank you for being seated upon the throne, which denotes that you have all power and authority in your hand, God. Thank you for being the everlasting God. There is no trial, no temptation, no struggle that will ever last longer than you, God. 
Did you hear what I say? Even in me being separated, even in me being here, out here alone, God, listen, it, it can't endure what, what you got. It can't outlast you, God. This is but for a moment that I'm here in the Isle of Patmos, God. This is for my good, me being in the Isle of Patmos, God. Why? Because as I die to me, God, I begin to live in you, God. I live through you. I live by way of you, God. And now your spirit, God, can, 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 can give me access to what you desire for me to see, God. There were some of you, if you truly, this is the thing. Most believers are living according to experiences with God. Oh, hear what I say, because uh, most believers are living according to experiences with God. In other words, look at it like this here, right? All of nature, it declares his glory. All of nature is his creation, right? And so because when you go out and you feel the breeze on your face and you hear the birds chirping and all of these things, you just experience God. When you're in the midst of a people and we're blessing God and we're praising God and you feel the presence of God come upon you, uh, you just experience God, right? You experience God by way of someone else's ability to, to, to yield and, 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 and submit to God. But not only that, invoke God, provoke God to come, commune, sup, and dwell in the midst of them, right? Most believers are just living according to experiences with God. But then there were some of us, we live based upon our encounters, right? And when you think about an experience, right? Because guess what? You can have an experience when you go to Carowinds, right? Meaning you got on that fast roller coaster, you went up and dropped you down. For a moment, you experienced a moment of fear, right? But at the end, you was like, woo, yeah. So you had an experience when you rode that roller coaster at Carowinds, right? So the question is, how is your experience any different with God? In other words, your experience is something that's fleeting, is what I'm trying to point out. It's something that's fleeting. But when you have an encounter, you got to understand the encounter is altogether different from the experience, right? Ah, when you encounter God, the encounter is something that is violent, violent to the point that you're forever change after you come up out of this encounter with God, right? You no longer look the same. You no longer act how you used to act. You no longer talk the way you used to talk. Mind you, you may still have some of them same scars, but in the eyes of God, you are a new creation. You are a new man, right? Because this is what the encounter has done in your life, right? The encounter is very different from the experience, right? And because God has given us this Isle of Patmos moment, when you die to yourself and the rim of the spirit is open and you have is granted to you into the realm of the spirit. This becomes an encounter with God. John will never be the same, right? To the fact that I have to chronicle what God has spoken to me, what God has allowed me to witness in the realm of the spirit. It has now produced the book of Revelation, the book of prophecy, which tells us what is going to take place in the end time. Oh, I wish I had some help right there because too many of us are merely surviving off of experience, but, but God wants you to live off your encounters with him. 
you. I wish you would go ahead and come on up and start lingering in the low place, uh, but come on up and dwell with the errors thin and encounter God even the more. Let the encounter change you on the inside that as he changes you on the inside, your exterior begins to change, right? Uh, your conversation begins to change. Uh, your thought process begins to change. Uh, your emotions begin to change. Uh, your perception begins to change. Uh, your understanding begins to change. Uh, your stance begins to change because I had an encounter with the most high God. I wish we can have folk to have an encounter. You can't have an encounter because you won't die. You got to, you're not having an encounter because you won't die. And if you keep living according to the flesh, you'll just merely have experiences which is not good enough. Because the truth of the matter is, sinners are experiencing God. Each day they wake up and they breathe the ruach of God, the breath of God. They are experiencing God. And the Bible says, let everything that have breath praise ye the Lord. Sinners are experiencing God, but even with their experience of God, it has not caused them to change and submit and yield and obey. It is the encounter. It's when people had encounters with him that they turned and they began to serve him. They yielded to him. Right? It says the four and 24 elders fall down, right? They, they fall down before him that sat on the throne and worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne, saying, As the beasts are speaking what they're speaking day and night, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which was, is, and is to come. And they give glory and honor to God and thanks unto God, the 24 elders fall down oh did you hear what they say they were falling down oh, that the, the isle of patmos is designed for you to kill yourself but it's also designed for you to fall down mm. uh, yeah you got to pull you down you have got to come down because notice what i said earlier god can't get past you in order to get to you you are the obstacle that's blocking god from truly getting to you right and so when you are able to get past you you give god access to you right but until you remove you as being the obstacle you will never fall down right you were still stopping you you were still blocking you not only are you stopping and blocking god because god is not going to override your free will or free choice but you are stopping and blocking and halting and hindering yourself why at the same time you are stopping blocking and holding God back oh you don't even understand what you're doing you stopping you and God at the same time oh you a bad somebody so you believe uh no you're a dangerous somebody is what you are uh, because you won't die to yourself uh, so that the will of the father may be established on the inside of you because there is more much more much 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 more that God desires to do with you but I found that the most of us because we live according to experiences we are a afraid of the much, 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 much more that God wants to be in our lives. But the 24 elders, they fall down before him that sat on the throne. And what do they do? They worship. Mm, come on. They, they, they worship. Oh, this, this, this 
spiritual conversation, this spiritual acknowledgement, uh, the spiritual recognition uh, of who God is, the spiritual realization of who God is. Uh, they worship him that liveth forever and ever and cast their crowns before the throne. Say, now uh, you understand, you're familiar with crowns. Uh, you, you know, it, it symbolizes or it points to an authority that a king or queen has according to the domain that they rule, right? But they're saying, listen, we're taking our authority. <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm, I'm casting it, I'm laying it at your feet, God. Any authority I thought I had, God. Any prestige I thought I had, God. Any honor I thought I had, God. Uh, you got any glory I thought I had, God. Any majesty I thought I had, God. I'm taking all of my ideas and my ideologies, God, and my opinions, God, and my perceptions, God, and I'm casting them at your feet. These are the things that have authority over us that, that we don't recognize that it's been placed upon our heads by ourselves, right? Because you and your culture, uh, black and brown people, they don't tell you, you kings and queens, right? As if no other cultures had kings and queens. Some of them get on my nerves some days acting like we're the only people that came from kings and queens. Well, the truth matter of the matter of the truth is this right here. There is only one king that I want to represent me. Uh, there's only one, and he is the king of kings. And that's the one I said that I am of. I am of the king of kings, right? There is no other king that I honor. There is no other queen that I honor, right? There is only one king, and he is the king of glory. He is the king eternal, and he is whom I am of. They bow down. They fall down, and they cast their crown. I give you everything that will stop me from bowing down. Mm. And that's the thing. Most of you still got crowns on your head trying to worship. <laughs> I'm talking about while you're having your experiences with God, you still got a crown on. You got to understand that. Uh, telling God, uh, I'm a king too. Uh, and telling God, hold up, I'm a queen too. I got power too. I got anointment too. I got authority too, God. There are people that look to me too, God. You don't see my children who depend on me, God. I got to provide for them. You don't see I have to supply my husband or I got to give or do for my wife, God. Listen, I got my own business and my own employees, God. They look to me. You telling God, God, I got my own authority. I'm my own king. I'm my own man. I'm my own one. And this is why you can't die to yourself. This is why Patmos is necessary for you. Come on and die, king, little king. Go ahead and die, little queen. Go ahead and die, little man. Go ahead and die, little girl. Go ahead and die, little boy. Or are you too afraid? And that's the thing. Most of us, when we hear death, it brings fear. Oh, why should it bring fear if you know that you are hidden in him? Oh, my God. Listen, if you know, like, like John has given us what the end is going to be, and when you go and search out the scriptures, you understand. If, if I die in him, you understand what's going to be beyond your death. It's, you're fearful because you either don't believe it, you have not settled yourself to believe what the word says, or you just don't believe the word. There's no other explanation. We can, we can psych ourselves out, which most of us do. We psych ourselves out. That's why the Isle of Patmos is good for you. Because now you ain't got no yes man no more. You ain't got no yes woman no more. You ain't got nobody that's going to agree with everything you say. Scared to tell you when you're wrong. Scared to, you know, confront you when you're out of order. 
Now, now you got to deal with you. You know what the Isle of Patmos is good for? Not just the killing of yourself. The Isle of Patmos is your no got to die. It's at the Isle of Patmos, you got to kill that no. Because uh, see, you so accustomed to telling yourself yes. You so accustomed to giving yourself what you want, when you want, how you want it. Uh, you got to understand, you have got to develop a strong no, a real no, a prosperous no, a healthy no, a, a true anointed no. Tell yourself no, yes. Uh, not this time, me. Uh, you got to go ahead. Not this time, me. Oh, no, 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 no. I want to say something back but not this time nope uh, i want to have a crazy thought but not this time nope i'm gonna tell myself no i will not allow myself to think any other thing than what god says about them they may not be acting like a man of god may not be talking like a woman of god but they're still god's choice i'm not gonna allow myself to think any other thing in my mind it is going to be that is god's man that is god's woman i tell myself no to thinking any other thing I wish I had some help right about that. Because you think uh, for most of us, you came down because you haven't said yes. Uh, and that's the thing that we miss. Uh, even though there was not a significant yes wrote in the pages, the fact that Christ died, we see through his actions, he told God yes. Uh, he told himself no in the garden of Gethsemane. He told himself no when he was stressed out upon the cross. Uh, and you still afraid to tell yourself no. Because you see it as you rejecting you. <laughs> I wish you'll go ahead and be delivered from rejection. No, you are helping you. When you tell yourself no, you're not rejecting you. You are actually proving that you love yourself enough, uh, that you want to be right, uh, that you can do the right thing. Go ahead and tell yourself no. you got to say no. When you want to do something that's, that's, that's not all the way out there, but it's neither is it all the way what God said. <laughs> and you like, well, God, I, 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 I didn't do, I didn't do everything. I didn't, I didn't do what I could have did. Still, neither did you do what He said to do. <laughs> Lord have mercy. You know what? I, you know what? I, I, I was, I was meeting with my family last night, and 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 He said to me. Make sure you don't have words like I can't or even words like I'm trying in your vocabulary. It's a nine times out of ten when folks say, and they give an example, hey, um, you're going to come to church? I try. Nine times out of ten when they say I try, they're not going to. They say instead of saying things like I'm trying or I will try, say I plan to. Because when you use words like I plan to, when you think about it, plan is the root word of plant. Because I say I plan to, I'm planting the seed of what I want to actually grow, what I want to see fulfilled or come to fruition. That's what I want to take place. Usually 10 out of 10, when you people say I plan to, they're going to make provision to actually do be where they said they were going to be. I wish I had some help right there because the Isle of Patmos has been designed to kill your I'm trying. 
Because when we say be obedient, I'm trying is your response. And when we say you got to love like Christ love, you say, I'm trying. Usually that's your response. When we say you have got to yield completely, you say, I'm trying. And you'll even say, don't you see? You'll even give us examples of how you quote unquote tried. Uh, but I wish somebody would change the conversation, change their speech, uh, to change your speeches, to change your thought process, or, or to change what's coming up out of your heart and begin to say, it is my plan to be obedient. I plan to yield all the way. I plan to surrender completely. I plan to die all the way to myself. I plan to tell myself no. I plan to be who God said I'm supposed to be. I plan to do what God said I'm supposed to do. I plan to live holy. I plan to live righteous. I plan to keep myself. I plan to be used of the Lord. I plan to be the vessel of the instrument that God is requiring. I plan to allow the glory of the God to be on display in my life. I plan to worship God in spirit and in truth. I plan to give God the praise. Uh, uh, like David said, I will bless him at all times. I plan to bless him at all times. Uh, even when I got to kill myself, uh, I plan to have a hallelujah in my mouth. Uh, I plan to have a thank you, Jesus, in my mouth. I plan to have God just still worthy in my mouth. All while having to kill myself. All while having to be alone. All were having to be separated. All were having to be by myself and deal with my. I still plan to bless his holy name. They cast their crowns. They take the authority off. And it says what? They, they begin to say, they say, thou art worthy. Y'all know worthy is my word right there. If, if I dwell on this thing long enough, y'all, uh, it, it's going to be like this. Uh, yeah. and, and, and that's symbolic. Y'all not going to see me anymore. I'm going to be on the floor and no longer in the camera if I dwell on the word worthy long enough, right? But they begin to say, God, you are worthy, God. Thou art worthy. Thou art worthy, oh Lord, to receive glory and honor. Look here. Uh, we coming back, God. We going to keep you enveloped in glory and honor, God. Because while the four beasts are giving you glory and honor, God, uh, uh, we want to envelop you and we're going to come on the other side, God, and give you glory and honor, God. In other words, God, we want you to be encamped about glory and honor, God. Uh, we want to worship and praise to surround you, God. We want praise and worship to just dwell in your presence, God. We want that to be the only thing that you hear, God. We want praise and worship to be the only thing that you see, God, day and night, God. Because as the angels cry, what they're crying, holy, 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 Lord God Almighty, which one? is an is to come day and night, God. Every time they say we as the 24 elders, God, we got to get off our throne. We have just a brief moment to sit upon the throne and we find ourselves taking the crown off again, God. We might as well just stay here in the place of worship, God, because that's what you require in your presence, God. It is consistent praise, God. It is consistent worship, God. And we told you obedience is the highest form of worship. And the fact that I've yielded my free will to the Father uh, all God seeing, all God experiences from the angels and the 24 elders is consistent worship. Uh, he just sees obedience, the highest form of worship. It surrounds God because of the angels and the 24 elders. Now, listen, because he's a God that changes not, 
if he's sitting on his throne and praise and worship is consistently at his throne, denoting, figuratively speaking, he's seated upon the praises uh, or the worship of his people, that being the host of heaven, right? And if God is a God that changes not, uh, it's only right that when he comes in the earth realm, the Bible says that he inhabits the praises of the people, right? I can't change how I come. When I decide to come in the earth realm, I can't change how I come. Uh, uh, if I'm going to exit heaven to enter into the earth realm, uh, uh, there has to be a throne for me to sit on, right? And this throne has to mimic or, 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 or be on display of what was in heaven, right? That's why he says, when the scriptures say he inhabits the praises of his people, the praises and the worship become the throne of God, right? Thereby giving God the same throne that he had in heaven. So, so listen, he's a God that changed not if I'm seated on the throne in heaven. I want a throne when I come in the earth realm. That's why you got the praise. That's why you got the worship, because I don't change. You got to change, right? And in order for me to come, I've got to have a throne. I, I won't come unless I have a throne, right? And you got to understand the Isle of Patmos uh, is designed to kill you so that you can fall down and take your crown off, so that you can die to yourself and give him that consistent praise, uh, give him that consistent worship. Uh, and like we said, your obedience, it is the highest form of worship. So even when worship is not coming forth out of your mouth, uh, your body is still talking to God. Uh, body language is a real thing. Uh, when I'm obeying in my mouth, the silent worship is still going unto the father as I obey his will he said look at my son uh, look at my daughter as they worship me it's all about me as they're fulfilling my will as they're allowing my purpose to be accomplished they are yet worshiping me uh, uh, you got to bless God and you got to honor God for his infinite wisdom how he set it up so I won't come unless I have my throne See, there's more that we can touch on. I'm going to just give you a little bit, right? Uh, he wants his throne to be pulled up to his table. <laughs> you got to understand, when he comes into the earth realm now, he wants his throne to be pulled up to his table. And what is the table of God? It is the altar. And most of y'all fear the altar. Uh, you, you stay far away from the altar. Uh, but you got to understand the altar is the table of God. God comes to consume. He comes to eat the sacrifice upon the table. But after we eat, I want to talk. Uh, this is why we talk about table talk, because after I eat, uh, I want to talk. And most believers miss the importance of the significance of the table, right? We talk about the Last Supper, but what God was really pointing at was the table. Jesus being the Passover lamb, meaning the sacrifice. He's offering himself upon my table. You're missing the importance of the table. You're so caught up in the fact that, that they broke bread and they passing this bowl of wine around and bowl of bread around till you miss the significance of the table. And even the scripture talks about how Jesus, you see the word lean, they lean back, denoting they, 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 they went back in an incline position. There was a sense of comfort. We are comfortable enough to talk about truth. Oh, they, they were so comfortable to talk about betrayal at the table. Like, like, like they were talking about what we about to eat for dinner. Like, you know what I mean? You know how you sit at the table, like, what, what we eat for dinner? They were so comfortable to deal with truth at the table. Uh, uh, go ahead and do what you do and do it quickly. Who's going to do it, God? Uh, I'm going to give you some. You know how, how the story went? They were so comfortable to to deal with truth at the table because at the table of God only truth is spoken 
So the Isle of Patmos is designed for you to kill yourself, to keep you in a consistent place of praise and worship, so that when God comes into the earth realm, uh, he doesn't have to change his position. He can still sit upon a throne, which is your praise and your worship. But once he comes into the earth realm, pull him up to his table. Uh, and see, some of y'all don't want to push God in. You don't want to be a gentleman and let God sit down and push him in, push him up to the table. Oh, come on. You're supposed to spread the table. Now, think about it. He, when he prepared a table for you, Oh, I wish somebody would go ahead and help me. I don't know why we're going here. But when he prepares the table for you, not only does he prepare before you in the presence of your enemy, you have everything that you need upon your table while he's seated at the table before you in the presence of your enemy. What does your table look like when you prepare a table for God? We're talking about dying to you. We still talking about access to the spirit, Lord, have mercy. Uh, somebody need to go back and, you know, you need to build that altar in the bathroom. That's build that altar on the side of your bed. Build that altar in your closet. Build that altar on your way to work. Build that altar. Oh, yes, in the job, on the bathroom at your job. Build that altar on your break, on the job. Go to your car and build that altar. He needs the table. He's trying to come down and commute. He's trying to come down and suck with you. But the only place God will come and commune and suck is at the table. Oh, some of y'all don't want to go and build the table for God. You say it's too much work to offer myself as a sacrifice, too much work to kill me and do like Paul say, present my body as a living. It's too much work because you keep telling yourself, but well, God, I'm still dealing with this. Just present yourself. You think God don't know what you're dealing with? Present yourself. That's all you got to do. They said that are worthy, oh Lord, to receive glory and honor and power, right? The strength, the ability. Now, we know God has all power, all might, all strength. But as I begin to look at this, right, the 24 elders, the, that, that we would consider to be human, who's now part of the host of heaven, saying, Thou art worthy, O Lord, to receive glory and honor. Same two words that the angels use, but they said, power. What is the power outside of his word or his spirit? Free choice. You are worthy to receive my free choice, God. You are worthy to receive my will, God. Uh my God, come on. This is, I told you, God can't get to you until you get past yourself and give God access to you. They are giving God access to them. They're saying, God, you worthy of the power and the glory, God, right? Or the glory and the honor, God. But I want you now to receive the power that you've given me. I'm giving you my will. I'm giving you my free choice, God. You created it. It's only right for me to give it back to you, God. Oh, oh, my God. Uh, in other words, I'm getting out the way to give you access to me, God. I'm making a choice to give myself to you. And they say, for thou has created all things. And the purpose, right? The purpose. The purpose of you doing this. It was for your pleasure. 
Is this it? And for thy pleasure they are and work create. The pleasure. It was for his pleasure. When you talk about <clears throat> even in God's pleasure, it's, it speaks to what one has determined. Which, if you dig a little bit deeper, is really going into purpose. His purpose is what he has determined. Shall be. Pleasure, purpose are merely the same thing. So you created all things and they were created according to your pleasure or your purpose where they were created. And I told y'all many years ago, God spoke a word to me that I'll never forget. He said, listen, the nature of my word may change, but the purpose of my word would never change. God's only purpose, God's purpose in everything remains, <clears throat> excuse me, remains the same. And the purpose of God is simply for his glory to be revealed. So God has it set up in such a way that whether we obey or disobey, <clears throat> the purpose of God or the glory of God will still be revealed. Right? When you think about Judas' betrayal, said it had to happen for the fulfillment of scripture. It was determined that Christ must be betrayed. So we see the purpose of God being fulfilled so that the glory of God can be revealed. The purpose was fulfilled so that the glory can be revealed. It doesn't change, y'all. So whatever God has created, it was created for his pleasure, denoting his purpose, which is for the glory to be revealed. I created everything that I created for my pleasure or for my purpose to be fulfilled so that the glory could be revealed. The purpose never changes. So even while you feel you're in the moment of being on the Isle of Patmos, dying to yourself, like the Apostle John, God takes pleasure not in the pain that you may have to experience in different things, but God takes pleasure in the fact that you're dying to yourself to become more like him, to, to get closer to him, uh, to, 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 to move and operate and the access that he's granted you according to move and operate, see, hear things in the room of the spirit. Because most of us, although you consider yourself Christian, tell me this, answer me this. Why haven't you, we don't hear you talk about nothing of the spiritual realm. And everything that you see with your natural eyes is a product of the spirit world. Which is letting you know that what you think is so real here, what you see with your natural eye, the spirit realm or spirit world is far more real than what you see every day with your natural eye. And why is it we never hear the believers talking about how God shown or spoke something to them according to the realm of the spirit? Because most believers live according to experiences and they are fearful of the deeper things of God. And get it. I understand because God told me himself. 
the deep has to call you unto the deep. But the deep may be ready, that being Jesus, is the deep may be ready to call some of y'all to the deep, but he can't get access to you because you won't get past yourself. So how can the deep call you unto the deep if you won't give an access to call you to the deep? And so that's why most of us live these shallow lives as Christians. And people look upon you, a living epistle, and they don't want to read nothing about the Jesus that you're talking about you serve. They don't see that you're strong in faith. Because they don't see that you were strong in dying to yourself. They don't see you strong in worship. Because they don't see that you were strong in your faith. God is trying to give you access to the spirit. To become a better believer. Because the scripture says if you walk in the spirit, you won't walk in the, in the, in the, in the flesh. Right? If you walk in the spirit, you won't walk in the flesh. And if he's giving you access to the spirit, and most of us refuse to get past ourselves to give him access to ourselves, how are you going to walk in the spirit? And if you're not walking in the spirit, there's only one other thing you can do. If you're not walking in the spirit, you are going to walk in the flesh. He tells us we're in this world, but we're not of it. Although I'm a flesh, a, a being made of flesh, I don't, have a li- I don't have to live according to the flesh. That's how most believers are living, according to the flesh. So I want to encourage you. I pray that you were encouraged by the word. Listen, he's giving you access to the spirit. Don't be afraid to doubt it yourself so that you can walk in this access to the spirit and be who God has called you to be. Do what God has called you to do. The kingdom needs you. Amen.